Amen. He is worthy of our praise, isn't he? Thank the Lord. It's good to be back in God's house this evening. I trust you've got a nap maybe this <coughs> afternoon and have come ready to worship the Lord again. Let's stand and ask God's presence in our service this evening. Amen. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for another time to gather in your house. We thank you, Lord, that there's not another place that we would rather be. When it comes church time, we'd rather be here. We'd rather be with your people, but most of all, with your presence. We thank you, Lord, for how you met with us in the service this morning. And we feel your presence here this evening. We ask that you would just continue to minister to our hearts. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in services past and how you've encouraged us and helped us and given us the victory over the devil. Lord, we ask that you would just continue to lead us in this service. May your name be glorified. When this service is over, that your name would be lifted up on high, Lord, in our hearts as it is in the reality of all things. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for each one of us. We've come here, Lord, humbling ourselves to seek your face, to hear from heaven. We ask that you would speak to us, Lord. Give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say to us. Strengthen us spiritually and prepare us for what lies ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Trust you're ready to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth as our sister comes to lead us in song. Well, shall we begin this evening with number 427. We gather together to ask the Lord's blessings. <clears throat> Thought in connection with this song, we don't know when our religious liberties may be taken away, but I believe this can be the prayer of our hearts as we're gathered together here tonight that the Lord would make us free and keep us free to have the worship that we desire. <clears throat> 427. We all do it. 
glad we have one tonight that we can depend on in every every changing scene of life whatever may come or may go he can be with us well i had another song that i wanted to sing from sheet music tonight i think we've sung this one before count your blessings so if jeremy would help us out and pass them out again please i think there's enough for everybody speaks about how if we count our blessings the trials that seem so great to us make more more easily to bear if we do that I know sometimes it's difficult (laughs) to count our blessings but it's in order when we begin to count them it's hard to measure, isn't it? What the Lord has done for us and given to us. I have an extra one here, Jeremy. I got, sorry, I got three instead of two when I needed. Oh, I don't think my brother has one then. Do you have one, Robert? Thank you. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. All right, shall we sing? Shall we stand together? When upon life's pillows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost count your many blessings name them one by one and it will surprise you what the lord hath done count your blessings name them one by one count your blessings see what god
thinking before coming to church I'm not making light of any problems that anybody has but it just can't this course just came to me if you have a problem just take it to Jesus so I'd like to sing that in the sing and rejoice books number 99 <clears throat> Kind of went along with the song that we took, that we sang. We can count our blessings, but we do have problems that are real. But we can take them to Jesus. If you have a problem, just take it to Jesus. If you have a question, just take it to Him. If you face temptation, just take it to Jesus. You will find He'll help you every battle to win. If you have a just take it to Jesus If you have a question Just take it to Him If you face temptation You'll find He rises You will find He'll help you Every battle to win. Well, have you found that so? You can, if you haven't. We can take it to Jesus and we can find the answers. 371, all right. In our hymnal. And? If you're not too tired, I guess we should stand on this one, shouldn't we? Standing on the word. <clears throat> sure is my foundation, for I stand today on the living word that filleth never. Earth with all its glory soon will pass. 
far the storms that may around me beat, many are the foes that would assail me. I have found a never failing sure retreat in the word of God that cannot fail me. Standing on the Resting on the promise strong and sure Hope is anchored safe and cannot falter Peace has found a haven from the storm secure In the word of God that cannot alter Standing on the word, standing on the Start to lead me through the night Like a light upon my pathway streaming Is the word of God to guide my steps aright To my homeland with its portals gleaming Standing on the word, standing on the word Standing on the May be seated. Thank you for your good singing. Amen. I'm so glad that his word is stand worthy. Aren't you? Praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to have something solid to stand on. I remember as a kid, and I might have shared this before, but the closest I probably ever came to quicksand was being around a job site we were building, a log cabin down in southern Ohio. They had a pond and it had been unkept for many a years, and surrounding that pond was a lot of muck and mire, and uh, they ended up having somebody to come in and clean it out, and I think some of the places where the dozer went through and plowed out that clay and that muck and that slime, it was down to get to the dry ground, even after they drained out the pond, just getting the mud off there, it seemed like it was about five or six foot deep in that pond, and I remember as a little boy kind of playing around the edge of it, my brother and I, and I said, uh-oh. And he said, what's the matter? I said, I think I'm stuck. <laughs> I think I'm stuck. I had my rubber boots on, and as I would try to pull one rubber boot out, it seemed like the other one went a little deeper, and then I'd shift to pull that one out, and I just kept both of them kept going down in, and I've heard stories about people who wasn't, didn't have anybody there to rescue them. They had somebody there, but not with the tools to help, and the more they move around, the more they try to get free, the deeper they go until they 
succumb to the muck and the mire and the quicksand and whatever it is that they're stuck in. But thank the Lord that we have something solid to stand on. <laughs> I know sometimes when I'm walking through the snow and the ice and one foot slips, I take the other foot and look for something solid to stand on. I'm so glad I found something solid spiritually. Praise His holy name. Maybe some of you have a testimony on your heart. Amen. He's worthy of our praise. Yes. Amen. Amen. There you go. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Kind of like those benefits we talked about this morning. Thank the Lord. It's good to serve Him. Praise His name. Praise His name. Anybody else? Amen. I was reflecting this afternoon about the last time the Lord reclaimed my heart. Uh, it was, well, uh, started a little around Christmas time. The students were going home for Christmas and I was going home as well. And when we got back, we understood that there was an accident and uh, wow. some students were in an accident no one was killed. But I remember how the Lord struck my heart with conviction. I felt I could have been the one who was in that accident. My life could have been taken. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Reminds me of driving along down there and, well, close to West Palm Beach on the way down to Hope Sound. You get down there some of those places and it looks like just nothing but swamp about as far as the eyeball can see. And if it was up to me, I'd say, I, I think we better give up trying to make a road through here. But they just put pegs in and just go right on top of it. <laughs> just go right over top of it. Miles and miles sometimes there's places like that. Thank the Lord he can just lead us around those pitfalls and take us over those places and guide us, guard our footsteps, guard our heart. Amen. Anyone else? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen.
<laughs> Must be nice, sister. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord. Yes. Praise the Lord. It has no attraction for me. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Good. Yeah. And I just felt like the Lord really directed me. Hey, Amen. I would have liked it earlier in the week. Well, I guess this is the beginning of the week. <laughs> I would have liked it like Wednesday. But yeah. The Lord did share the scripture he wanted me to speak about. Praise the Lord. This morning and then this afternoon, uh, he gave me the thoughts to go along with it. And I just felt like he really helped me. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? Praise His Praise name. Lord yes. goodness and His mercy to my heart. Um, I may not have the, some of the impressive stories that others do that have, have to tell and so forth, uh, but I don't want to fail to give the Lord praise for what He has done and for what He is doing yes. in my heart. Amen. And uh, appreciate uh, a couple of things. Uh, this week that I felt like uh, one as an area that I felt like uh, I had liked to walk in. Uh, some things were clarified to my uh, to my understanding. I, I appreciate that by His grace. Praise I'm the gonna, Lord. I'm going to uh, walk in the light that He's Amen. given me in, in that area. Good. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> it seemed like uh, I don't know, maybe last or Friday night and Saturday morning and uh, just kind of a, a dark oppression or something. And uh, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to resist anything that's from the Lord. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't. I don't uh, need to go mourning under the, the hand of the enemy either. Uh, that's right. Read uh, after Tozer, you, you quote Tozer some, and, and uh, he said there were times that he would he would just uh, say, I'm, "I'm not going to say, I'm not going to take any more of this from you." <laughs> uh, I'm going to pop out of blood and, and uh, along, along that line. And uh, I felt like. <clears throat> There was some things to, to resist and just push those things aside yesterday. Amen. Uh, yesterday, and uh, I appreciate the Lord's um, his his help to my heart and uh, in whatever way He wants to work and and, and move in my life. I want to be yielded and and, uh, and pliable in His hand. That's my Amen. desire. I appreciate His goodness to my heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good. He's so faithful to us, isn't He? We walk in the light. He'll minister to our heart. Bless us, reward us, and give us more light to walk in. And it's a beautiful journey with Him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? Yes. I want to thank the Lord for His Word and for how He brings Amen. comfort and truth and guidance. And uh, there's just so, much, so many gems in His Word. And thank the 
Praise the Lord. Good. Praise His holy name. He's worthy of our praise. Amen. He's done great things like we all talked about this morning. So some people might not be so great, but I tell you what, when you're in the midst of it, and it changes and turns your life around and cleans you up and purifies your heart and sets you on a new pathway and gives you hope and victory down inside, that's a big deal to me. <laughs> I appreciate Him. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Well, let's prepare our hearts to go to prayer this evening. Maybe you have a prayer request on your heart that you'd like to share. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Maybe you have another testimony on your heart. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. I also, though I'm young, I've seen the Lord's hand in my own life. I've seen the Lord's hand in other people's life growing up. And, of course, you've heard the story how, though I was raised in a Christian home, I reached the age, I said, Lord, you've got to do something special for me. I know that, you're, I know that you exist. I know that you're God, I know that you're in control, but I need a personal experience. I need something, I need a personal encounter. I need to meet you one-on-one. -on -one. I need to have you down in my heart and abide, and abide in you. And uh, in like manner, I've seen the Lord do different things growing up. Uh, but there was one incident. I didn't go to the doctor about it. I was pretty concerned, and it went on maybe for a couple days, and I don't even know what they're called. I never did research on it much. I guess I never... I uh, had time enough to be concerned enough to go to the doctor, but I had a growth growing on my eyelid. And uh, how I found out about it is that I started blinking and it was irritating my eye. I feel, feel like it was growing on the inside of my eyelid and it started to grow a lump and it was growing out like a growth. And I was concerned about that. And I'm one that doesn't want to run to the doctor. And every time I hear somebody like Sister Norma say, I'm not one to run to the doctor, I said, boy, aren't you blessed? <laughs> As if the rest of us run to the doctor because we want to. But, but anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> She's blessed with a, with a healthy life. And, uh, and I got concerned about that. And a few days went on. I got so worried and I got so distressed. And I was a teenager, you know. Teenagers aren't to be distressed about anything. They got their whole life ahead of them. And here I thought, you know, I might have to have surgery. What, what happens if something goes bad with the surgery? What happens if I lose my eyesight? What happens if it's terminal and it starts, I have growths everywhere, every other place? And I said, I said, Lord, you know, I'm going to leave it in your hands. And I anointed my own eye. Some people think it's funny to anoint yourself, but I've done it more than once. And I anointed my eye, and the Lord took it away. And I tell you what, he took it away, and it disappeared so fast 
that I looked in the mirror and I started looking for it and I thought, which eye was that on? And I almost started doubting that I even had the problem. <laughs> That's how gone it was. That's how there was no trace of it. So I thank the Lord. He is able to heal. And uh, we say, well, the Lord cares about the little things, but really, He's such a big God, everything is little to Him. And of course, He cares about the little things because He cares for us. And we're little, all our, all our big problems are little to Him. Let's sing uh, on page 11 of this uh, light blue course book, I Know the Lord Will Make a Way for Me. And then the second part says, I want the Lord to have His way with me. Is that your heart's cry? Let's stand and sing it this evening. Page number 11. It's the one there in the middle of the page. Page number 11 in the light blue course book. I know the Lord will make a way. I know the Lord will make a way for me. his name. Amen. Any other testimonies? I don't want to cut anybody off. All right, let's take up our evening offering.
Bible and all these papers fall out. It's about how it is when you get a bump in the head and all your memory goes away. <laughs> Thank the Lord. We're here to praise Jesus. Amen. Praise His name. All hearts clear this evening. All right. Let's take our Bibles. Turn to Psalm. Psalm chapter 103. Psalm chapter 103. <clears throat> Picking up again where we left off this morning with the theme, Forget Not All His Benefits. Forget Not All His Benefits. Beginning to read at verse number 1, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. It says, He forgiveth, He healeth, He redeemeth, He crowneth, He satisfieth, and He executeth. Let us stand for prayer. We love you, Lord, and thank you once again for the opportunity to be back in your house. Lord, as the song sang tonight, thank you that we can stand upon your word. We know that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We ask, Lord, as we hear the word of God preached, as we study the word of God, as we read the word of God, as we hold it in our hands this evening, that you would strengthen our faith in you. No other, Lord, but in you. You're worthy of our trust. And we give it to you on purpose. We trust you. We choose to trust in you. We ask that you would bless us these moments together. Acclimate our minds with the truth that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Talk to you this morning about He forgiveth all thine iniquities. It's so good to be forgiven. Like the one song says, it's so good to be free. So good to be free. Thank the Lord, it's good to be free. I want to talk to you this evening about Him healing it says, He forgiveth all thine iniquities, and who healeth all thy diseases. He healeth all thy diseases. I thought about the word heal, and I thought, what does that word mean? Is that even a word that's kind of native to humans? <laughs> you know, if you leave things go, they just don't have a tendency to heal themselves. There's a miraculous miracle that happens many times probably at your body and mind that we don't even really take note of when you get a little cut or you get a little bump or you get a little bruise or something gets a little damaged. Now there are times we need to go see the doctor. There are times that we have some issues, but a lot of times you cut yourself and you don't think anything about it. You put a Band-Aid on it. You take that Band-Aid off some days later, some weeks later, depending on how quick your body heals itself or how much damage was done. And you can't even hardly tell there was an issue 
Somehow the Lord has designed the body to heal itself. That's not really a word that we think about on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not really a word that's, that's relevant in this world, in this system in which we live, because we see a system that has a sin curse on it. We see a system, we see uh, our whole lives, everything around us. We live in a world that's under the sin curse. And things just naturally deteriorate. I would say that part of that sin curse is the effect it has on your brain. And he says here, forget not. <laughs> part of that sin curse, that weight, it draws things out of your brain. And whatever you don't rehearse, whatever you don't remind yourself of, or someone else reminds you of, you forget it. You forget it. Talk to you about that this morning and about... David encouraging us not to forget all the Lord's benefits. All the Lord's benefits, like the icing on the cake. And it reminded me of a story. It's not original with me. It's a true story. But it was about this man who, uh, back in the days where they traveled to, from country to country in ships across the sea. Uh, we're kind of spoiled nowadays to jump on a jet liner. And so many hours later, we arrive. And they tell us that it won't be too much longer. We'll be able to jump on a jet liner and... We'll be able to be across the country in just a matter of minutes or around the world in just a few hours of speed and all the jets and things that they're designing. I don't know what's the way Jeremy talks sometimes. He might be a part of something that someday. I don't know. If you ever build me one, I might try to ride in it. But it's a neat technology. Transferring around the world and zipping around the world. And, but, but naturally, we live in a world that's always got all these things that's dragging down on us in the sin curse and but anyway this man he was traveling across the ocean and uh, he got his ticket and he knew he was going to be on the the old boat the old tub as they used to call them sometimes he's going to be on there for quite a number of days and he knew that he was going to need something to eat and he was a poor man about all he could do to rummage up enough money for the ticket to go and he got him a ticket and he found out that his ticket it was certified and he was planning to go and he had everything ready and had all his things packed and he thought you know he got to thinking you know if I'm gonna be on this trip for this many days I'm gonna be hungry I need probably a little something I can't afford something very nice but I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get you know uh. anyway he got this block of cheese and this thing of crackers and he goes on this trip and he doesn't make it very far he's not on the boat for very long and he starts to get hungry and uh, he didn't realize that they had a, a restaurant on board. Down one of the other levels of the deck, they had a restaurant on board. And some of those places, they tell me they used to have some pretty good cooks. Some, some cooks that we're not used to now. We run down to the fast food and we get spoiled. We drive up and if they don't have it ready in 30 seconds, if it's not hot and just the way we ordered it, we feel kind of a little bit grumpy about something, don't we? <laughs> we need to go back about 100 years ago live that way for about a week and come back. I think that'd be enough to get us shouting, get us grateful about how many blessings we have. But this man, he was on the ship and, and uh, he was eating his cheese and crackers and that was all right for the first day. And the second day, about the third day, cheese and crackers was getting pretty old. As good as it was, it was getting pretty old. And he smelled the aroma coming up from the kitchen down on one of the other decks and he thought, boy, wonder if there's some way that I could just afford one of those nice home-cooked meals a hot meal down on the deck and so he went over to one of the stewards I guess or one of the, the part of the crew member and he said uh, say what did it what would it cost a fella to purchase a meal you know is that possible I just wonder if I had afford one it smells awful good the crew member said well let me see your ticket and looked at his ticket looked at him so what's your name yeah confirmed the name 
He said, well, sir, he said, it's included in the price. You have three hot meals down there at the kitchen. They've probably been missing you. There's probably a table set up for you. <laughs> he said, here I was eating cheese and crackers these three days and rationing myself out. And he said, it was included in the price. It was some of the benefits of traveling. It was included in the ticket. Sometimes we do that spiritually. You know that? Sometimes we ration ourselves out. And God says, I've laid out for you a full buffet. I've given you a whole book full of promises that you haven't begun to exercise. You haven't begun to walk on those promises yet. Don't forget the benefits of the Lord. One of the benefits he, he says here is that the Lord, He healeth. He healeth all thy diseases. Now that's David saying this, and this is in the Word of God. This isn't Elijah's idea. <laughs> the Lord says, The Lord healeth all thy diseases. I took you, I think it was just Tuesday night, I took you to the passage in Luke chapter 4. We could go over there, maybe we should, maybe let's just go over and do that. It's kind of hard to reference to a scripture without going over there and looking at it. We're going to be going to the New Testament here pretty shortly anyway to look at some passages to strengthen our faith. But he says there in Luke chapter 4, the words of Jesus, if you have a red letter edition Bible, you'll see that. Verse number five, 25. Luke chapter 4, verse number 25. I'll give you a moment to get over there. These are the words of Jesus, not some scholar's sayings. It said in somebody else, some preacher, but this is the words of Jesus. He said, But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land, but unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Serpia, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And he says in verse 27, And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. What's he saying here? He said there's a lot of people that have ailments, but there were some that were healed. I don't maybe understand the, the full meaning of that. But I guess maybe we might as well just dive into it. Let's turn, turn over here to Luke chapter 9. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Looking at verse number uh, 41 on down through the rest of the chapter. There's a couple miracles that took place here. There's a couple miracles that Jesus did. He performed a couple healings that he did. And uh, where maybe sometimes our mind is an exercise that's not really programmed naturally by the world in which we live in, uh, to think along the lines of being healed. It's just not really, a, it's not really a possibility with mental capacity or with human capacity, rather. And we just don't really entertain the thought too much about how God can heal. Noah Webster says that to be healed or to heal is to be whole or entire. To cure of a disease or a wound and restore to soundness or to that state of the body in which the natural functions are regularly performed as to heal the sick. And he makes the reference in Matthew chapter 8, speak and my servant shall be healed. The faith of the young man there. He says to cure, to remove, to subdue as to heal a disease, to restore to soundness as to heal a wounded limb, to restore purity to, to remove foreign matter, 
And he makes the quote in 2 Kings chapter 2, that thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. He also says to be healed means to remove uh, as differences or dissension, to reconcile as parties at variance, as to heal a breach or difference. In Scripture, to forgive, to cure moral diseases and restore soundness. And in one passage in Hosea 14, he says, I will heal their backsliding. It means to purify from corruptness. Now, those aren't really along the lines that the natural mind thinks about without the Lord's help, is it? Well, sometimes that's exactly what our hindrance is. We're more in the natural than we are in the heavenlies. I remember my grandpa said he was accused one time of being... Uh, so much heavenly good that he was no earthly good. <laughs> That's a pretty good way to be. I think the more heavenly minded you are, the more uh, properly earthly minded you are, in a sense. You're more uh, prepared. You're, anyway, thinking along spiritual lines. Let's, let's start reading here verse number 41 in Luke chapter 8. Verse number 41. There's two miracles here, and they happen just one right after another. The stories kind of are intertwined here. And I think it has good truth for us tonight. I want us to grasp a hold of this. Luke chapter 8, verse number 41. It says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet. I just want to stop right there long enough to say that's the place that you're going to find help. At Jesus' feet. If you can just get to Jesus' feet, you'll find help. We're going to find that that's the truth in the other miracle that took place in this very same passage. At Jesus' feet. But this Jairus, he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at Jesus' feet. And he besought him, besought Jesus, that Jesus or he would come into his house. And he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age. Notice that, 12 years of age. And she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. In other words, as Jairus is trying to beseech the Lord, as he's trying to be there at Jesus' feet, he's trying to humble himself and kneel at his feet, he's trying to entreat the Master for healing for his 12-year-old daughter, the throng, the crowd is pressing in. The group is pressing in on him, and he has to try to stay there with Jesus and follow Jesus along. He has to continue to follow Jesus amidst the crowd. He wasn't a quitter. He wasn't a giver-upper. It says in verse 43, here's part of the other story that happened the same time. And a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years. Notice that, 12 years. This, this uh, man... His daughter was 12 years old. And this lady, she had had this issue of blood, and which had spent all her living upon physicians. Neither could be healed of any. Came behind him, in other words, she came behind Jesus, and touched the border of his garment. And immediately, her issue of blood stanched. In other words, it stopped, it ceased her her ailment was healed immediately. Doesn't say that she went into rehab. Doesn't say that it took a few days. <laughs> it was immediately. Praise the Lord. Immediately. 
What, were, what was Jesus' response here in verse number 45? And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied Peter, and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee. And sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And the woman, and when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And it picks up, it says, And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace. While he yet spake, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue's house, saying unto him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. In other words, picking up in the other story, the, the man's daughter, Jairus' daughter. Don't trouble the master, she's dead. Verse number 50. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into her, the house... He suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out, and took her by the hand, and called, saying, Maid, Arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Wow. <laughs> Nothing shy of miracles there. No human explanation for that. Really, in the basic sense, the easiest way to define what being healed is is it's something that only God can do. Something that man can't do, only God can do it. Here was two cases, two uh, ladies, one older, one younger, that had ailments, that had issues. And uh, I don't know that it says, at least in this passage, it doesn't say necessarily what was wrong with uh, the daughter, other than that she was sick, that she wasn't well. She was on her deathbed and actually died in the process while this man, Jarius was beseeching the Lord that, he would heal her daughter. Aren't you so glad that he pressed on through the crowd? I'm sure she was glad that he had pressed on through the crowd. You know, there was somebody else pressing on through the crowd that day, and it was this lady that had the issue of blood. And I can't hardly imagine how it would be to be in such a packed place, and everybody's so excited to be in God's presence and be there. And, and you can imagine the disciples and those, maybe some of the Pharisees in the synagogue that wanted to kind of press up and get a little closer and see when that lame man, when he kind of came up to the, that lame man, when, that, when he reached out to touch that lame man, they wanted to be, be there and see what exactly happened, to see how it was exactly healed and that's not something that we're used to seeing, is it? It's not. It's not, and it shouldn't necessarily become commonplace. It shouldn't become commonplace. It's a miracle of God, and God receives the glory when it happens. It's not something that man can do. It's something that only God can do. I tell you, when a person's on their deathbed and when they're dead, I don't know which doctor is interested in working on them, but Jesus doesn't give up hope, does he? He didn't in that case. 
He knew this man had faith and he told this lady that there was some faith involved. And I've said before, you've heard me say it, I think I've even preached from this passage. The whole message tonight is not about this passage, but I want us to get what's here. And what's here is that there were a lot of people there that night. But who got the help? It was the ones that were at Jesus' feet. The one that fell at his feet and beseeched him for his daughter, Brother Kevin. Amen. The one who reached out, pressed through the crowd, and touched just the border of his garment. Imagine this lady. She wasn't a healthy lady. She had some ailments and some issues. And Twelve years is a long time. Sister Keisha, six, seven months is a long time. I can't imagine twelve years. I can't imagine. It doesn't give us a whole lot of details about this issue of blood. Maybe she had leukemia. There's scholars that have assumed different things, but the scriptures doesn't really say what she had. But what we do know is that the doctors couldn't do anything about it. Amen. Amen. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> We've got a situation like that where the doctors can't do anything about it. Thank the Lord for doctors. God used doctors in my case to put me back together. I wouldn't be walking around here on my own leg. Maybe you guys would be pushing me around in a wheelchair while I'm preaching. I don't know. Maybe that would be Jeremy's job if I didn't have my leg. But the Lord decided he, he thought it would be probably less distracting just to give me a leg so I could be able to preach and walk around on it. And that's what he did. And I thank the Lord for that. God does use doctors. I, I think it's important to note here, and I, I don't mean any disrespect towards Norma. And I, hope, I, I know she knows this, and she's heard me talk about this before. I've met some people who will come up and they'll tell another person, say, I think you need to throw your medicine away. I don't know what you're on. I don't know what it does for you. I don't know what your problem is. But, and I'm no doctor, but I think you need to throw your medicine away. You need to just trust the Lord. And I've seen some of those same people get put in the hospital and almost die. We're talking tonight about following the instructions of Jesus. Not following somebody's assumption. Amen. I don't know about you, but I need to hear it from the Lord. <laughs> and if you have a situation like Sister Norma where God tells you to do something, you obey that. You follow that instruction. God will never put you out on a limb and then cut the limb off. He's never been known to do that. You read through the love letter to His people. He has never let anybody down. There's been some people who have lost faith in Him. There's some people who have lost hope in Him. And they've given up and they've taken back their trust. They, they've chosen no longer to trust in the Lord, but He's always been found faithful. Twelve years is a long time. I thought it was interesting here that this little girl that dies and the Lord resurrects from the dead was 12 years old and that this lady was dealing with the issue of blood for 12 years. I don't understand all about that. Maybe there's some more truth there that we need to tap into. Whatever the case, that's a long time. That is a long time. There were a lot of people that were in the crowd that night. No doubt a lot of people that had some problems. Maybe a lot of people that had some physical needs. Maybe a lot, of problem, a lot of spiritual needs were in that crowd. But the ones who got help were the ones who reached out and touched. The ones who fell down humbly at Jesus' feet and entreated Him for help. Amen? I don't want to read between the lines too much. I think it's always dangerous, especially as a minister, to do so behind the sacred desk. But you can see by this story that this woman was a little more than embarrassed about her problem and didn't really want to be too public about it. She wasn't real interested in going before the whole crowd and saying, I, I need to make an announcement. 
I've got this ailment, I can't explain all about it, but the doctors can't figure out what it is, and I've spent all my money on it. It says that she spent all her living, all her living, everything that she could earn in her life, everything that she could come by, she had spent it trying to get her health back. I thought it was interesting, one preacher, I don't remember who it was, I'd give him credit, it's not original with me, but he said it's interesting how sometimes when we're young we waste our bodies stacking up money and building a bank account. And then when we get older we waste our bank account trying to get our bodies back. Isn't that interesting how that works? So true. But this lady had spent all her living, all her livelihood, anything that she could earn, anything that she could find, anything that she could scrounge together. Maybe people donated money. Maybe they, maybe they gave her money on different occasions to go to the doctors and visit another doctor. Maybe that there was hope that this other doctor someplace else. And it kind of reminds me of the, the case with the Barnes just trying to take Keisha anywhere they can to get help because they need help. She's sick. There's an ailment. And we don't know. The doctors don't know what it is. But the Lord knows. Amen. The Lord knows. And there were a lot of people in that crowd, but this lady pressed on and, and she was even a little bit embarrassed after it happened. She'd just be just, just fine to, to kind of slip up and touch the hem of his garment and be healed and just to go and slip on about her way and just not make much ado about it. And that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. She did confess. The Lord said that he felt the virtue, the virtue, that spiritual power. That holy power from the creator of all things. That flowed out. you imagine what that would have felt like? Feeling that power rush into your body when you make contact with the Lord. You ever had those times? Beseeching the Lord, praying for something. Seeking the Lord for something God wants for you. And then that moment comes where you feel that inflow of virtue into your life, into your heart. And the change, all oh, the change. It doesn't say that it took a while. It says it was immediately. I like those words. <laughs> As you read through the miracles of Jesus and the things that He did, you'll find uh, lots of similarities. And one of them is the word immediately. The other one is straightway. That's pretty fast, isn't it? Immediately. It happened right away. As soon as God touched them, as soon as this lady touched the Lord, her issue of blood was taken care of immediately. She came up and she fell down before Him and she declared unto Him before all the people what cause she had touched Him and how she had, was healed immediately. And what does he say? Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. The comfort after receiving God's healing. The rest after receiving God's healing. I've heard of incidences and read stories of people being healed and how some of them are just kept up with the pain of a certain ailment or an issue, a, a disease, and after they're healed, they go home and just sleep like a baby. Sister Keisha, you might sleep like a baby tonight. The Lord is able, I know that. I know the Lord is able, and if He wants to heal, He can do it. He's the same God as He always was. Let's turn over to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. We're just going to look at verses 7 and 8. 
I'm trying to move along here. You're not listening fast enough, I think. <laughs> Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. There's a commissioning service that happens. Some things that are going on here. The Lord is preparing His disciples to go out and take the wonderful truth out to the harvest. It says there in verse 38 of the last chapter, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that He would send forth laborers into His harvest. He gives the commission here. Picking up here in verse number 7, He says, And as ye go... Preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So they were to preach. Then he says in verse number 8, he says, Heal the sick. They were to heal the sick. He says, Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Notice what he says here. Freely ye have received, freely give. In other words, the way that you've received it is the way that you are to give it. You won't get God's blessing by a dollar amount. Thank the Lord. There's, it's a sad thing that there's so many people under the name of Christ, under the name of, of uh, Christianity, have sought after the dollar symbol. They've sought after wealth. I've heard and you've heard and it's been happening for a long time. They'll say, send me this much money and we'll send you a prayer cloth. Send me this much money and we will, we're going to pray over this item, whatever it is. One of them, we got a letter in the mail. We opened it up and there was, just looked like Christmas wrapping tissue paper. Said, don't throw this away. This has been prayed over by our team and it carries special blessing. They went on to tell all these things. And if you appreciate this, well, of course, you need to send them a little bit of money. That was what it was all about. I can't give all the details, but I ended up at one point in my life behind the scenes. I <laughs> wasn't a part of one of those ministries, but got behind the scenes and happened to be in one of these rooms where there was a whole bunch of water bottles on a whole skid, and then there was a whole bunch of these cloths. And they were going to come in, and they were just going to lay hands on them for a few minutes, and lay hands on them for a few minutes, and then send them out. Uh, for, for money, of course. you got to pay. you got to buy them. You know? That's not what Jesus said. Jesus says, the way that you've received it is the way that you are to give it. Amen. You won't get God by putting a certain amount of money in the offering plate. You won't win God's favor by doing a certain amount of good deeds. You get it freely. It's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. His benefits are free gifts. And he says, freely ye have received, freely give. Now I want us to turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. <clears throat> We're just going to look at verses 13 through 15. 
He says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Don't you like that? It says, is any sick? You don't have to bear it alone. You don't have to suffer alone. But the Lord has designed the spiritual body of Christ to intercede in behalf for each other. Amen? Thank the Lord. We're going to intercede on behalf of Keisha here in just a little bit. But he says, Is any afflicted? Pray. Is any merry? Sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Doesn't say call for the new convert. Doesn't say call for the person uh, that's not where they should be spiritually. Doesn't say go outside the church and find somebody, just a random person on the street, and ask them to pray for you. It says call for the elders. You know what the elders are? The people who are found faithful. The people who are living it. The people who are walking according to God's Word. The people who are kind of like what we call them the old timers, the faithful ones. Amen? The faithful, godly saints. The people that spend time in prayer. The people who are seasoned Christians, walking in all the light of God's Word. You can't intercede for someone else if your own heart's not right. You wouldn't do any good. If you don't have enough faith that God would work in your own life, you wouldn't do anybody else a lick of good praying for them. That's just the way it is. You say, well, that sounds a little harsh. It's not harsh. It's just what the Bible says. It's not harsh at all. It's just the truth. Truth isn't harsh. Truth is truth. What's harsh is a lie. A lie is harsh because when a person gets to the end of their life and they haven't got the truth, that's harsh. But the Bible says, call for the elders. Call for the Christians. Call for the godly people. Call for the people who are walking in all the light of God's Word. Call for the people who their prayer life is strong. Why? Why? Because it's the prayer of faith. It's the prayer of faith. He just doesn't say it's the prayer. He just doesn't say it's, it happens when you pray. He's very specific. It's the prayer of faith. You have faith. You have faith in God's Word. I'm not talking about having faith in something that somebody makes up. There's a lot of people who uh, bring a slight against God's reputation because they say, oh, God told me to do this. And then they go and try to do that, and it doesn't work out, doesn't pan out. So oh, God told me to pray for this, and they pray for it, and it doesn't happen. Because it wasn't God. It's the prayer of faith. And as we've shared before, that the Lord heals some and others He gives grace to. What he, those who He doesn't heal, He gives grace to endure. But there's something a little bit special about Keisha's, Keisha's situation. is because some of us have picked up on a burden that God wants to heal her. 
And I believe he does. I'm not trying to stretch out on a limb. I'm not trying to make stuff up. But I believe God wants to heal her, and I believe he can do it tonight. And I believe if she'd gather in, and some of the ladies, some of the godly ladies would gather in to pray for her, we'd gather around at this time. It says, is any sick? doesn't matter who it is. Any sick? Any spiritual person sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. It says, call for the elders. Make that call. It's okay to call for help. And let them pray. And let them anoint with oil. Not just anoint, not just with oil, but in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Amen. Gather in, ladies. If you're frightened about getting a virus by touching her to anoint her, then your faith probably wouldn't do much good. Just being honest, not trying to be harsh. But God can heal her. God is able to. Amen.